removal smoke, a chisel clove and gray baroque, a forged was blade and bound was hilt, a silver mine, a mason built, a battle. And we're back for yet another Riddles in the Dark Digest episode. Amazingly fast turnaround. I'm sure you guys are all impressed. It seems like a really fast turnaround for us because we literally like finished recording the uh, the previous one like five minutes ago. Because we're we're just sitting down this weekend and knocking out as many as we can. Because we know that you guys are just salivating at the possibility of new content from the Tolkien Professor iTunes podcast feed. Um, so let me introduce myself. I am the uh, co-host of the Riddles in the Dark Digest podcast, as well as uh, the co-host of the Riddles in the Dark podcast with uh, Corey Olson. And my partner in crime on these Digest episodes is the lovely and wonderful Trish Lambert. Hello, Trish. Hello. You didn't say your name. You're Dave Kale. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just totally discombobulated. Yes. Uh, the the lovely and wonderful, equally lovely and wonderful Dave they, Kale. They all know me. They they hear they hear me on this. They hear you all the time on this right? iTunes feed. They're like they're like hearing more more of me per minute of audio content than they do of Corey at this point. Probably the Dave Kale Network. Yeah, right. and then you could do with Father Roderick too. So yes. you're all you're all you, know, yes. you keep People me company actually... all the time in my car because I listen to this. I listen to Riddles in the Dark, and then I listen to um, Secrets of the Hobbit, and yes, it's like. Dave Kale, all the time. People are getting sick of me. And when we start releasing our um, um, the Silmarillion, the new Silmarillion seminar stuff that's piling up, uh, oh. people get even more sick of that. That's even that more. that is going to be a real experiment because that's like the first. Actually, no, it's just like this. This is this is actually the real experiment here. This is the first ever podcast series featured on the Tolkien Professor iTunes feed that does not include Corey. <gasps> oh my gosh. I hadn't realized that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is going to be an experiment. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Now, no. So now I'm all worried. Right. Pressure's like, on. <laughs> Nobody comes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. And you know, keep up the same quality level. And oh mm-hmm. my god, I hadn't even thought of that. Oh my yep. gosh. That's right. Yep. Pressure's on. But the Silmar so. the Silmarillion two right two point is going to be that too. Right? It's exactly it's right. Yeah. And the only reason we haven't released that yet is um, we've actually been doing it for several months now, uh, and you can listen live, um, but. Oh. We we haven't released it yet because we didn't want to release that while we were still releasing the older seminar seminar episodes. Oh, that's right, that's right. We're still so. in those old episodes. And, and also, we? like frankly, the first the first few meetings of that seminar, people are still feeling it. I mean, when you have six seven people on a Skype call, it's Whoa. it's challenging. Um, I'll bet it is. Yeah, and we and we're there's a few folks that we're kind of tr- teaching to to not ramble on for five ten minutes at once. <laughs> Um, so, so we're, we're still, it's a work in progress, uh, but we'll we'll start. You have to make sure I, you see, I just did it. You have to make sure I didn't talk over other people. Yes. Uh, well, in a seminar setting with two people, it's banter and it's entertaining with, with six or seven people talking about very academic material. It like, I, I found myself listening back to old seminar episodes. There's sometimes where I'm like, including myself, I'm like, God, just shut up, just shut up already. (laughs) You know, like, okay, we get it. We see what you're saying here. You don't, and then, and like, and then I go on for another five minutes. So, I, so, yeah. <laughs> with you know, with 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 two people, they develop a, a dynamic. You know, they can interrupt each other, that kind of right. stuff. In a seminar setting, when people are feeling each other out, it's it's when you when you're having a discussion and you don't have nonverbal cues, it, it's it can be tough. 
That's true. Well, and you're on Skype too, and sometimes there's a lag or exactly. I mean, so it gives its own its own. It's it's you know it's tough to be on the bleeding edge, isn't right. it? And Skype and Skype has Skype's been doing. I've, I've noticed that they have some sort of some auto volume adjusting stuff. So like it, it identifies like who is talking, and when other people are talking at the same time, it will it will it, it like throttles their volume. And so if you interrupt somebody and, and really talk over them and you're louder, it might actually throttle them down. So uh, Oh, I see. So that that's yeah. an, an extra weird element, so. But yeah, so so this is a fun experiment and that seminar will be also like, you know, basically uh, uh Tolkien professor content minus the Tolkien professor. But minus the Tolkien professor. Yeah. And and and, and so, you know, I I I think Realistically, we have to accept that there's going to be some people who belong to the cult, the personality cult of Corey Olson, who are going to say, "Well, if it's not Corey Olson, I don't want to listen." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And yeah. and I understand that sentiment because Thank I you. I belong to that. Um, um, at the same time, though, I think people like I, I give us all a chance because for for two reasons. One one is one is um, a philosophical reason, and the other one is a practical reason. The philosophical reason is this: Corey's mission is not to become the world's internet expert on Tolkien and to have everybody listen to him all the time and and think whatever he and parrot what he says. Corey's mission is to democratize um, scholarship and and he and not just Tolkien scholarship, but all of this kind of scholarship, but especially Tolkien scholarship. And and part of that mission is hearing from other voices, and and this is this is where he always intended to go with um with his podcasts. Uh, he he his goal wasn't to to you know get a whole bunch of listeners list downloading him, but rather to get people interested and inspire them to participate in things like MythGuard and also contribute their own content and right. uh and 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 so actually incorporating them into the Tolkien professor. Uh, and MythGuard sort of team and community has always been the vision. And so I ask people, you know, to, hey, buy into that right. and um, and give things a chance. You know, if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's fine. But uh, but buy into it. Give it a chance. Um, give us a chance, that's right. please. So, but anyway, the, the ruthlessly practical thing here is the fact that uh, the compromise is if you want more content from the Corey Olson production network – um uh it's it's just not going to all it's it can't include not him. Always be Corey. yeah because yeah. he it's just too much time for him but you can get the second best thing which is people who love him and buy into his stuff and and aren't him but hopefully are have insightful things to say and different perspectives that maybe you know enrich your experience and add to it even if it doesn't duplicate him and we've been trained by him and taught by That's him right. and that kind and of stuff. And we're so. and we are both in pretty regular uh, communication with him. Yep. So you know, yep. you're kind of getting Corey maybe a little bit by proxy with a little bit of us added in at the same times. Exactly. So, and Tolkien too. You know. So what a what a you know it's like a salad. <laughs> yep. And, and and as I mentioned on the previous episode, the ultimate solution here is the Trish Lambert solution, which is 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 um um. Uh, flip, you know, cross the line from consumption to production and That's join right. the team. And join the team. You know, That's if right. you if you don't want to listen to us talk, then by all means, add your voice and get other people to listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, uh, enough of that. Let's get into the actual riddles in the dark. 
stuff. So uh, I think our goal for this episode is to try and do episodes four and five, um, and we'll see how quickly we get through those, and maybe we'll be able to record six and seven today as well. So, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. Episode four, um, if people recall, is the the last of the 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 dwarf focused episodes that we've done. Um, we will revisit them, but we we sort of had a dwarf myopia at the beginning, and we kind of moved on to other things. So, episode four was about Thorn. We kind of went um, Thrine, Thror, Battle of Azanolbazar, Thorin. So we were we were really exploring the history of the family of Thorin Oakenshield, and who are the heirs of Durin, one of the seven dwarf lords. So episode four, um, if folks recall, we we basically just talked all about Thorin and um, how he will be characterized. And in particular, Corey is Corey is just obsessed with the fact that they seem to be portraying him as very young, uh, and it mm-hmm. seems like that could really change his character um, and maybe make him uh, not as old and bitter, maybe make him more young and virile, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, um, and what we were really interested in this episode, one thing we settled on was the potential rivalry between Thorne and Bilbo, uh, over the leadership of the group and how, how they're going to craft a story arc for Thorne, because he is one of the characters that actually gets a story arc in the Hobbit, who actually grows and changes as it goes, particularly toward the end. So we really, we sort of had the feeling they might expand that. The question of the week, which was sort of tangentially related to that, which I'll explain, is how will Thorin end up in the Elven King's dungeon? Um, And there were three choices here. A was, just as in the book, he will be taken by the elves prior to the spider conflict. B was, he will be captured with the rest of them after the spider fight, so they won't be separated. C, which I don't know what we intended for that to indicate, is none of the above. And I don't know if anyone actually chose that. Nope, no one did choose that because uh, no one else could think of anything else. <laughs> so so um, just to give you a little context, the, the purpose of this question, what we're really getting at is this rivalry question with Bilbo. Because Corey postulated one way to, to emphasize that would be to to instead of, to change the way events transpire in the book and instead of having Thorin be captured separately he actually is included in the spider fight with the other dwarves and Bilbo in fact intervenes to rescue Thorin as well as the other dwarves and in that way we get this sort of um Bilbo rescuing Thorin thing to add pressure on that growing rivalry between them you know oh this is the f-. so instead of it just being Bilbo rescuing the dwarves it's actually Bilbo actually rescues Thorin and maybe that um Thorin doesn't respond well to that so that's what we were getting at and so- something we were very curious about um and uh so Cory and I actually disagreed on this um Corey is enamored of this idea of using using that element to to build the rivalry. So he chose B. He thinks that they will actually change it. I I don't think it's necessary to do the rivalry, and I'm generally have an attitude of you know if you don't need to change it, don't change it. So I went with A. So um, uh, would you like to any any thoughts you want to add, Trish, before we get into our analysts and listeners' feedback? Well, I can say, you know, as a listener to this, I was very interested in um, this whole, you know, I hadn't really thought about it until you guys brought it up about the Thorin Bilbo um, rivalry. And, mm-hmm. and, and actually, I just, I mean, I just reread the, the Hobbit last semester, you know, with the course I was taking uh, with Corey and uh, the Lewis Tolkien. 
open course. And, but I still, you know, didn't really notice it. And I think, and I think actually it does get to this, you know, this thing about Thorin in the book is so much older that I didn't really think of the, you know, I didn't really look at the rivalry too much. I mean, I, I saw him sort of as this grumpy, irascible, you know, old dwarf in the book. But you're right. I mean, you know, when younging, younging him up, <laughs> making him younger in the movie. Um, it, 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 when when you guys talked about this, right? I mean, I could definitely see that then. You know, being mm-hmm. a younger dwarf, and and how are they going to handle that? So yeah, mm-hmm. that is interesting. And then and then the question you guys settled on for this episode, I think, kind of does then come into play here, which is you know how do we handle the the you know his being captured? So I, I just. It brought up a lot, lot of new uh, lines of thought for me in listening to this episode. Yep, yep. I think that is a. Uh, I think it's a neat question. I think it's a. This was Corey's uh, brainchild. So, um, so let's uh, let's hear from some of our analysts now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to go ahead and and remove all of the suspense. Every single person picked A. <laughs> um, it was like the week of Mark Fisher. Uh, every single person except Corey picked A. Uh, so I'm I'm very very interested. Don't tell me yet, but I'm very interested to hear what you have to say and whether <laughs> whether you will have a different perspective. But uh, let's hear people's justification. Uh, first up, as always, we're going to read uh, uh, the blurb from Mark Fisher of Encyclopedia of Arda. Here's what he has to say. You've got an interesting question this time, though a bit tough to answer without indulging in wild guesswork. Well, that's true of all of them, I suppose. Anyway, I put together a few thoughts that might be relevant. I can see Corey's point about the potential for rivalry between Thorin and Bilbo, and it's certainly true that the films of The Lord of the Rings tend to heighten or even invent tensions and conflicts between characters for dramatic purpose. On the other hand, it seems hard to see Thorin, heir to the line of kings stretching back millennia, feeling realistically threatened by a mere hobbit of the Shire, especially one with no real interest in leadership at all. I could see some potential for moments of mistrust or suspicion, but I'm not sure how sustainable it would be to make this significant character arc for Thorin over two films. On the subject of Thorin's authority, I think we can see the scene that leads to Thorin's independent capture as reflecting his attitude quite nicely. After the first chaotic attempt to approach the Elven King's feast, Thorin, Thorin takes charge. First he sends in Bilbo, and after Bilbo fails, he steps forward himself and ends up in the Elves' dungeon. If the filmmakers want to use this scene to show how Thorin handles leadership or how he relates to Bilbo in that context, there seems to be plenty of scope for them to that in the story as it stands. Bilbo's unaided fight with the spiders is a really crucial point in his own character development. I'm going to guess that the movie won't risk undermining Bilbo's own progress by altering things too much here, so I'm going for option A this time. Yeah, what I like about what I love about the what I love about Mark is that he doesn't confine his comments uh, and his arguments to the prediction question that he addresses the core the the core point and that he uh, actually yeah. um, uh, opposes Corey on this 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 idea of rivalry that he thinks that it's that it's really kind of that the the potential for it's weak because there's really no no real reason they would be rivals because Thorin mm-hmm. just has just due to position so uh, I like that um, do you what do you think. I think he makes a really good point here. I mean, I, I think um, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I really enjoy his his thoughts, you know, um, uh, over and above just the question itself. Um, of course, I don't know that I could say much more without giving away my answer. Okay, good. All right. All right. Let's save it. Let's save it. So let's let's next hear from Father Roderick of SQPN Secrets of the Hobbit podcast, on which I am also a partner. 
as much as I love this idea of of Bilbo saving uh, uh, Thorin, um, I I do believe that there would be another option, and that is that uh, Bilbo uh, will say will will be, you know very, be very brave and and uh, clearly you know uh, play an important role during the battle battle with the uh, the spiders, but Thorin will miss out on that. And then later mm-hmm. on, when they, you know, he's kind of the, <laughs> the anti-hero here. He, he's he's just captured and nothing glorious, no real fight, uh, which is a bit humiliating later on when when they when he hears about, you know, the exploits of um, of Bilbo and and how there was this tremendous fight and he was just sitting there not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's my that, take on it as well. That that's kind of how I think it will play out and. Um, you know, I was thinking of uh, um, Thorin almost, including in the way he looks. He makes me think of um, of the of the uh, uh, what's the the word again um, in Star Trek? These uh, Klingons. So mm-hmm. he looks a bit like a big Klingon. And for a Klingon, there's nothing worse than to be captured without a fight. You know, it's like yeah, missing out on the fight. <laughs> so I'm thinking if they go with that kind of characterization, then it would be very humiliating for him to actually have been captured just stupidly by the by the elves. And then yeah, that that was my take too. I was thinking that that it's a neat it's a neat idea, and I I like this idea of tension between the two characters. But I don't think the spider. Uh, battle is necessary to create it. I think they can do it other places. So I agree. I, but, I'll uh, go with. What, what, how do you look, what do you think about that? This idea of the this this kind of character arc for Thorin and Bilbo. Well, I like it, and I think that you need to have a certain tension within the company. And and, and Thorin, uh, especially because we know that in the you know when with the Arkenstone, he's going to get very mad at, at Bilbo. There, there must be kind of a prelude to that. So mm-hmm. I think there will be an ongoing tension and rivalry between the two and probably felt more by Thorin than by Bilbo. Mm-hmm. I think Bilbo is just not really, you know, he's not that ambitious. He's pro- he's kind of the accidental hero in a way. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, I've never thought about that. Uh, you need Thorin to be kind of a, a, a bit of a controversial dwarf there. <laughs> Why doesn't he like Bilbo? <laughs> And we might see some some reasons why not. Yeah, I I, I got to tell you this um, this process of really going in depth on uh, analyzing how they might execute the films and asking these hard questions about how to how to do it uh, is very cathartic. I, I'm going to yeah. be very well prepared emotionally for major changes to the films, and I don't <laughs> think I'll react as violently as I did with the Lord of the Rings. Cause right. Like the Battle of Azanolbazar, just talking it through with Corey um, and then hearing the predictions that, that our other analysts made, I just came out of it thinking, it, it can't be in there. <laughs> I, <laughs> much as I love it, I know it absolutely won't work, and I've yeah. accepted it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's great. And it's, it's a, I love this game because it makes you think about all the, the possibilities. And you could never play this game after the movies come out. You know. <laughs> It's That's over right. with all yeah. the speculation. There won't be a, a, another incarnation of The Hobbit anytime soon. Perhaps in a video game, but certainly not as a movie. <laughs> so, you know the Klingon thing. I mean, I, I was just thinking about the picture in Entertainment Weekly that you guys were looking at yesterday on the mm-hmm. uh, episode twelve. I mean, he does. He looks like a Klingon. He totally does. <laughs> at least the he looks less so in the new one, but in the old one where he has him standing there oh, yeah. and he's kind of like the, this 
like the the angle of the camera and the shadowing on his face makes right. him look like he has sort of a more pronounced forehead and brow. And he brow, looks totally, yeah. yeah. And his beard and coloring just totally Klingon. <laughs> and the blade even looks kind of, it's got sort of I was of just going to say, Orcris looks kind of Klingon-y as a weapon, you yeah, know? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so tempting to think that they must have been looking at Klingon designs when they were doing some of that <laughs> stuff. Like, or they, they got, some of the people that worked on the movie may have come from Star Trek or something. That's know? right, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so obviously, Father Roderick, Father Roderick thinks uh, uh, disagrees that uh, with Corey um, doesn't think that there's any real possibility of uh, of uh, them changing the story, or just thinks it's unnecessary. So, uh, and uh, um, and I do, I, I I left in the, I I always try when I'm doing when I'm when I'm editing the the Father Roderick's uh, contributions, I try to edit as much of myself out as possible. <laughs> Because it's like, why do you need to hear from me again? Um, but, but I thought the comment about catharsis was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've said that before. And I, and I don't want to – basically, I leave myself in whenever I'm making a comment to which I, I – Father Roderick has a response that I want to keep. Right, right. And I wanted to hear his comments about the game because I totally agree with him. Like, this is super fun and you we cannot do it. After the movies come. After so. the movie, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, so that's I, right. I'm really looking for. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm going to print out <clears throat> a list of the predictions uh, when I go watch the movie and take a pen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's why I mean, we... I'm. You know, I think we actually are going to have to like you know like come up with a winner or something. You know, we're going to have to like tabulate results after the movie. Yeah, I I, I personally I think it's unavoidable that we're for some of these questions we're going to have to convene a committee. To decide what the right answer was, because I I'm, I suspect there's gonna be cases where it's like I I don't know where, where does that A B or C or D what is this I right. we didn't expect this and it's ambiguous so well I think you and Corey are gonna have to have sort of like two or three riddles in the dark debrief episodes. oh we 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 certainly will and we'll be having and I think we'll be having all of our our guest analysts on and because we're gonna want to oh, hear good. people's reactions too so absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, in fact maybe what we'll do is we should um. <laughs> Oh, you know what we should do that would be great? We should print like a uh, – you know how for the Oscars and stuff, people always print out like the little – Oh, yeah, yeah. Little forms that you can keep yeah. track? We should keep print – we should make one of those and make it a, make it where, where listeners can print it out and keep track of, of what they thought the – you know, write down their predictions and keep track of what they think the right answer was. Right, uh, right. And make that into a game. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Right, and they could take the take it with you to the to the theater. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then we'll and then what we should do is we should have a contest, a photo contest. Take a picture of yourself at the theater, either in line or before or after or something, holding up your <laughs> prediction, your prediction thing, and then the best photo will give some prize. <clears throat> Run those by Corey, Dave, and see what he thinks. I will. <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a cool idea. So uh, do you want to read some, some listener comments? From yeah, the yeah, we had some comments. Um, Tony Mead shared a photo from the internet. I think we've probably all seen this since, right? With Thorin in full battle mode with Orcrist in hand and what looks like spider web in his hair. Um, and he thinks that B must be the answer because of this. Um, I do think uh, – let's see. Um, yeah, so Dark Jackal from net kind of has sort of an opposite. He says even though it looks like Thorin is present for the spider attack, he thinks that Thorin gets separated at some point, like during that battle, and gets carried off. So mm-hmm. uh, so he says, so far the arguments for B are very convincing from a filmmaking standpoint, but there is just something in my mind that 
that pushes me away from that chance. And he, so he's also saying um, that he thinks it will be A, um, that he will actually get separated. And I guess he says during the battle. Mm-hmm. Now, I had to throw this next one in. Robagast the Green, who actually – this is actually from a comment on a later episode, but it really applies here. And I just have to share this because it's just like makes me – sort of laugh in a very nervous way he came up with a really scary idea so in a comment on a later episode he goes what if the reason why thorin is so young is because he has a ring of power and uh i have this written wrong um so a subplot of the movie will be that the necromancer is using azog slash bowl and perhaps a nazgul or two throughout the movie to try and get thorin's ring because sauron think believes that thorin's ring is the one ring azog will get the ring from thorin at the battle of five armies give it to him messenger who brings it to the necromancer who kills the messenger when he realizes this is not the one ring he's so mad in fact that it causes him to burst into a huge eye (laughs) 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 i just felt like this comment belonged in this episode (laughs) yeah i I recall there was a similar comment about um azog about basically like a, a sort of an equally horrific notion of about azog not dying at the you know about oh, them trying to play him up as a villain and it, like involving him with the company at various places and, and like we took that to its sort of its horrifying uh, extreme where it's like he's at horrifying. he's there he's there at goblin town visiting uh, as a liaison when uh, when they're there and he's following them into murkwood and then he's attacking them yeah like these these are some these are some like not completely implausible, very awful notions. Very awful notions. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> the thing is, it makes, like I said, it makes me laugh nervously because it sounds so like, oh my gosh, it's out of, you know, it's crazy. And then you go, no, well, actually, they might do that. I mean, yes. <laughs> the, the ball of fire thing maybe is, maybe obviously is, is, is a little sarcasm, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> Do a huge eye of fire. <laughs> but the, the the ring thing is interesting. Um, that that yeah. a lot of people have actually that's that I think needs to be a topic for an episode. What are they going to do with the the dwarven ring? Because that's 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 come up in another of com, number of comments, and people right. have been yeah. very imaginative about how it might be used. That's they've talked like about um, they've you know this here are the indication Thorn maybe has it. Um, another indication that maybe it will come up, maybe Gandalf will get it at Dol Guldor. Uh, another thing that somebody had talked about was maybe they'll conflate the Arkenstone with the with the ring. With the ring, oh. So they'll yeah. actually they'll actually say they'll actually instead of the Arkenstone being a, a large jewel, the Arkenstone will actually be uh, uh, Thror's ring buried in the Lonely Mountain, and Arkenstone will be another name for it. Boy. Yeah, hey, Corey's like, no, no, I don't think they'll do that. But, uh, but, I, you know, yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, yeah, I you... think there's actually some comments on this. We'll get to in in, some, in one of the later digest episodes too, talking about uh, some other roles of the Dwarven Ring and the Elven yes. Rings also might play. Yes, yeah, that that's that probably needs to be a uh, uh, yeah, an actual yeah. topic for the show. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. Do right. you? Uh, do you know what photo Tony Mead is talking about? I'm I'm searching for Thorne. I saw it. Uh, it's actually I think he actually put it up on the uh, comment on on Mythgard Institute. Oh, you know the um, the go. comment that he put yeah. up. Um, so it would be under this Mead. under this episode four. Oh, there he is. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So let's yeah, see. and sees. I mean, he's like got like spider web in his hair. Huh. Where did this photo come from? I don't recall ever seeing this photo before. I, you know, I was trying to think too. I, I, I think I couldn't remember. I mean, I'd read this. I've read now this comment so many times. Yes. That I can't 
can't remember if I saw a photo before or not. <laughs> Dude, uh, Tony Mead, if you listen to this, can you tell us where the heck this photo tell came us from? where you got it, yeah. Is this from, like, yeah. one of the production videos or something? Because I'm really it, – it, it's so grainy – like there's a part of it me deep down a, that's like this has been video. this has been photoshopped, um, but uh, I don't think uh, so because uh, that is the sword for sure. So it's definitely Thorin standing there. Right. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know that 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 maybe boy that could really push things over. But um, um, no, I'm I'm still sticking with A. I think I think um, uh, uh, Dark Jackals. Uh, sort of counterweight, you know, that he could be attacked by spiders, but that doesn't mean he's at the actual spider battle. He might be attacked by spiders and then separated, or he might be separated, attacked by spiders. Doesn't mean he's actually at the same self same battle as uh, as uh, Bilbo. So, but I, I would like to know more about this photo. Uh, so, if Tony Mead or some other listener can tell us where it comes from, I would love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, hmm. me too, me too. Um, so as I mentioned before. Everybody picked A this time. That's Cor- – uh, no, Cor- except Corey. Corey, Corey right? picked B. But I picked A. Mark, uh, Arwen Kester, Miller News, Father Roderick, American Golden Star of Casual Stroll to Mordor. We don't have any audio for them this time. Hannah from Houghton Mifflin, Lillian Alorio from Warriors of the Westfold, Last Alliance. Everybody picked A. So I guess the only thing – the only question left at this point is uh, <laughs> what are you going to pick, Trish? I picked B. I picked Yay, B. good. Um, I, I guess I'm a with right? will be captured with the rest of them after the spider fight. They won't be separated. I, I and but it's not because of. I mean, Corey's got a much better reason. I think. Uh, you know, um, uh, I don't think there's enough time to do it by the book. I just don't. You know, with I, I, like, I, I guess uh, I said this on another one. Hey, the last time, there's just so I, much uh, to get done. Can I interrupt briefly? Sure. We got a little distortion there, so do you want to oh. do you want to say that again? Um, so okay, which part do I just? Do I'm just going to say. Else? So okay. so, what do you think, Trish? I'm going to go with Corey this time. Uh, B. I think Corey and I will be the two standouts. I'm 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 on B with this. I think he'll be captured with the rest of them. I just don't think there's enough time in the movie to do the separation thing. Now it's possible, and of course the the photo kind of swayed me too. And you know, like you said, it might be Photoshop, but. It's possible. I don't think I, no, it's photoshopped, see, but you don't um, think so. Yeah. Well, I could see. I could actually now that we've talked, <laughs> I could see him being part of part of the spider conflict. And and now that we also know at this late date that the elves are going to be showing up at the spider fight, mm-hmm. um, that he may get carried off and separated during the spider fight with mm-hmm. with, with. But that still is different from the book. Uh, it's just because it, A is just as in the book, he will be taken by the elves prior to the spider conflict. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be part of the spider conflict, and maybe he'll get carried off separately during the spider conflict. Hmm. But I think that still is a B. I think that's still B, right? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm, so I'm I I picked I picked A, but I'm I I don't feel strongly about it. I I think this could go either way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But that's see, pretty... my reasoning isn't anywhere near as as. Highfalutin Well, it's just my I'm more of a practical. I just don't think there's enough footage, and you know, there's, I think they'd run out of time. I mean, there's you, other things. In other words, it's more streamlined to not right. shoot separate threads. Right, here. right, um, right. I mean, they don't have to. They could just Thorin just disappears, and they continue on, and they don't show what happened to him until the other dwarves arrive at the Elven King's um, uh, halls, and oh, there's Thorin. 
Well, the other thing I don't see is what does the separation of Thorin from the dwarves do for the story? I mean, there's really not. I mean, even the book, it, there's not. I mean, well, in the book, he gets separated. I think it's a, yeah before the spider conflict. So yes. it's you know it's there's sort of this mystery of where did Thorin go to? But in terms of the like the general story of the Hobbit, when you think about putting it on the film, I mean, there's there's it doesn't really forward the plot. Any, yeah, in that's any a good point. And on film. On film, it might muddle things a little bit. Uh, yeah. In the book, you kind of have time and space to deal simultaneously right. with we're lost, Thorin's gone, oh god, spiders. In in a film, it might be just too much to be worrying about where's Thorin and oh, there's some spiders. Maybe it's easier to just right. streamline right. it. So that's a that's a good point. I think that's yeah. a I think it's entire. I think it's very likely. I, I I'm gonna so stick I don't with have it. anything to do with. The, I mean, my decision has nothing to do with any. You know potential rivalry between Thorne and Bilbo and in fact I you know I'm I'm kind of my jury is kind of out on that I mean I kind of agree with Mark on on that you know I, I don't know that they're really um I think you know it's I think it's very possible in the movie that Thorne will still have the attitude toward Bilbo they had in the book which is kind of looks down on them pretty much the whole time until you know right around the time of the battle yeah um you know, he just, just basically he comes from the you know he's from this long line of dwarves and he's Mister King you know under the mountain and this guy is this little hobbit. I mean, he just there's not enough there's not enough there for there to even be a rivalry. Yeah, that's a I think that's a very very reasonable point. So, so we'll see. Cool. Um, okay. Well, I think we have uh, more than enough time to knock out, uh, episode five here as well. Although I must say episode five could become a big one on, just on its own. Uh, I know we had a lot of comments on this one. Yeah, that, that's fine, but I'm, I'm happy okay. to roll it into this and we, if we run over an hour, that's fine. Um, cause I think okay. we're, we're going to combine six and seven, no matter what too. Yeah, we do need to. So, so I say let's, let's, let's just go ahead and, uh, we'll let's ahead. Just okay. transition into five. Um, so let's see. Um, okay. So episode five, uh, to refresh everyone's memory, the question there, this is where we finally got, off, got quit being hung up on dwarves and uh, moved on <laughs> to some other topic. <clears throat> uh, and in particular, what we were really interested here, and I think this may be our most commented upon thing. Uh, I think it is, thing, yeah. Although I think like – at least a third of the comments are me responding to people. So no, actually I'm scrolling through. I don't see myself that much. People really latched onto this. This was on the, uh, the trolls and, uh, and you know, sort of a, a very fun kind of one of people's favorite chapters, I think. And one of the ones that in my opinion is kind of, it, it's sort of, a uh, uh, indicative of the fundamental, um, dilemma that the filmmakers here of, of with the Hobbit, where staying true to the book, means really embracing the childishness and the humor and the whimsical elements like a talking purse, whereas uh, embracing the epic mode of the Lord of the Rings and in particular of the films as they were made uh, and, and, and meeting the expectations of the large um, common uh, uh, movie-going public means maybe changing some of the essential elements of The Hobbit. And this troll chapter really is one of them because it's very whimsical and the, the trolls here are nothing like the trolls that we see, you know, the, the cave trolls and whatnot that we see in The Lord of the Rings on screen. So they're, they're, it's this what they do with this scene, I think, will really be uh, sort of a signal as to 
how the rest of the films are going to go. Is it going to be a whimsical, lighthearted, humorous um, uh, film almost for kids? Or is it going to be more of a serious kind of scary uh, film with action and, and monsters and whatnot? So um, the prediction question uh, that we attach to it, uh, which is somewhat unrelated to the humorous elements here, um, but, but, but maybe a little bit actually, is uh, how will the trolls' defeat and subsequent transformation into stone be portrayed on screen? And I'll explain how this relates to this this fundamental question about the the nature of the film and about the humor in this this area. Um, there's four options A through D. A is Gandalf will accomplish it as he does in the book through sheer cleverness. And the, the note here we had, we we had to be very clear about how to differentiating these answers. So I have a lot of notes. Note here is no magic. If people don't remember. Uh, especially people who may mentally confuse the animated Hobbit movie with the book, Gandalf actually doesn't do anything. Like, Gandalf achieves the trolls' defeat here purely by tricking them into staying outside until the sun comes up. You know, there's this part where he shouts, Dawn, take you all, and slams his staff down, and the sun comes up you know, just over the trees and, and the way, the way it's done in the, um, the Rankin Bass cartoon, I, that I remember watching as a kid, it looks like magic almost. It looks like he actually causes the sun to come up. It's very, uh, if they didn't intend for that, it's very sloppily done because that's totally how it looks, but that's not how it is in the book. Gandalf here just basically throws his voice and uses, um, uh, trickery and, uh, ventriloquism to, uh, um, get the trolls to argue amongst themselves and be distracted from the time and they stay up all night arguing and end up being caught outside in the sun. So no magic. And that's what option A is. It's the Mark Fisher, it will be the way it is in the book answer. Um, option B is it will happen via Lord of the Rings style action sequence occupying the trolls until sunrise. So again, no magic here. This is more of a um, trolls and Bilbo and maybe Gandalf engage the or the dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo engage the trolls in uh, physical combat, uh, swords and spears and shields and axes, uh, and battling them. Maybe at one point uh, the trolls gain the upper hand and the dwarves flee, and the and the trolls find themselves pursuing the dwarves into the wild. But regardless, it's through it's through combat, uh, not including magic that uh, the trolls are delayed and kept outside until the sun rises and they're turned to stone. Option C is the magic option. It's the, the sort of Rankin-Bass uh, uh, version where Gandalf accomplishes it via magic, directly or indirectly. By directly, we mean he casts a stone troll spell that turns them into stone. Uh, indirectly means that he maybe uses magic to confound them or confuse them and, and catches them out in the sun or maybe causes the sun to magically rise or something like that. So basically, Gandalf accomplishes it via magic. D is sort of a, the none-of-the-above answer. Basically, the trolls the trolls are defeated not by anything done by Gandalf, Bilbo, or the dwarves, but rather the trolls fall prey to their own stupidity. Um, um, perhaps, perhaps the dwarves fight the trolls off um, and uh, escape, and maybe the trolls don't pursue them, but still the trolls just hang outside and get caught outdoors when the sun rises. So um, it, this doesn't preclude the use of magic or the use of physical combat or the use of, of sheer cleverness. But rather, what it says is that those things don't actually contribute. Maybe those things contribute to the dwarves escaping, but they don't contribute to the trolls being turned to stone. Rather, the, the trolls just are stupid. They hang outside until the sun gets them. So 
that is our four answers. Um, any questions, Trish? Any clarifications or anything? No, I don't think so. This is a toughie, actually. I mean, like you said, you had to have a lot of very clear definition mm-hmm. for each one because it's a – and it's a, it is a – it is a – this is going to be one of the scenes I'm going to be probably most interested in seeing in terms of yep. – in the context of this game because yep. there's a lot of different ways it could go. And actually, we have quite a few comments, which I'll endeavor to summarize when we get to that point. Yes, yes. Well, let's, we – you know, let's let's dig into them. Um, okay. I, the reason this 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 connects to the larger topic, of the episode humor and the nature of the film, is that, that you know that the if you're pushing this film toward more of a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings epic um, action type you know adventure movie, it almost certainly will be B or C. It seems like, or it, 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 you're tempted to to push it toward B or C. B being kind of you know like a, a, a the um, chamber of Mazarble battle where it's the the fellowship right. fighting off orcs and and trolls and whatnot. C being kind of more of the the um, Gandalf Saruman telekinetic battle atop uh, Isengard you know hitting each other swinging their staffs and hitting each other with invisible energy or or the <laughs> the the fight to exercise Saruman's possession of Theoden that kind of stuff that kind of magic. Uh, you know, and it, because the difficulty of A on screen is just going to be very challenging, and it, and it really it, it it includes a lot of very humorous elements, like the trolls thinking that that you know that obviously you know being confused and arguing about things that make no sense because they're just idiots and Gandalf is tricking them and stuff. Uh, whereas if you really want it to feel to retain the spirit of the book and, and have it be you know about outwitting the trolls and and that kind of stuff um and and playing up kind of the the cockney accents and that kind of stuff that that maybe a or d really sort of does that more right, and so right. a and d are kind of the more true to the book answers b and c are more of the um uh, lord of the rings films type answers so well you know um, jackson has i think you know and this is subsequent to i think the time that this episode was done but i think he has actually gone on record as saying that he wanted to make a much li- I think you guys have talked about this much lighter type movie mm-hmm. than the yeah. Lord of the Rings was yeah he that has there said, is more humor and whatnot yeah he has said that that he wants it to be more humor but yeah. uh, you know like but it's not it's not clear what he means by that I mean it can be it can be That's true. A, it can be a funnier and less dark uh, show and still be mostly in the mode of the Lord of the Rings. Like some of the some of the things we've seen in the trailers, yeah, like that's true. the uh, the dwarf rush of the trolls looked a lot like um, um, looked a lot more Lord of the Ringsy than Hobbity. You know, in the, in the Hobbit, the way this scene unfolds is the dwarves wander in one by one and get captured. One so, by one, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it may yeah. be more no, humorous right. and still you're be right. mostly in the mode of the Lord of the Rings. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, this is a, this was a toughie, you know, for me. It was, and I, you know, I'm I'm kind of like looking. I know we've got, we've actually the analysts weighed in, didn't they? I mean, we've got um, uh, input from a number of the analysts on this one. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. So first, let me read uh, Mark Fisher of Encyclopedia of Arda. Here's what he has to say, uh, and 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 he starts out with a defense. <laughs> yes. This is when he he finally says, "Oh, I, you've been you called me on my answers." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he starts out with a defense of his of his streak of A's, and then resigns himself to yet another one. Um, 
I hadn't realized just how many A answers I'd given until you mentioned it on the podcast. I was really determined to talk myself into something different this time, but then I remembered that Bilbo tells the story of this scene at his birthday party, so I'm afraid it's another A from me this time. Anyway, here's some text that you can use in your digest, yada yada yada. I thought this was a really hard question, but then it occurred to me that Bilbo pretty much gives us an answer during his birthday party in the Fellowship of the Ring movie. In his story to the gathered Hobbit children, he tells a compressed version. The trolls spent so long arguing that the sun rose over the trees and turned them all to stone. Perhaps, oddly, Bilbo doesn't mention Gandalf's involvement, but the scene does cut briefly to Gandalf as Bilbo is telling his tale, which I suppose could be taken as a nod. That all matches up with the shot we see of the trolls later in the movie, where they're posed as if discussing something on the ground between them, presumably the bagged dwarves. Of course, the filmmakers could just decide to ignore all this, but having doubly established the outline of the events, I'm betting they'll at least follow that outline as a template. If all these assumptions are right, it looks very much as though the, ev the events will unfold more or less as in the book. The only real question is whether Gandalf will be involved at all. Taken literally, Bilbo's account makes the trolls the victims of their own stupidity, i.e. answer D, with no prompting from Gandalf. Assuming the movie goes this far, though, it's hard to see why they dropped the Gandalf element, so I'm afraid that makes it yet another A from me. <laughs> well, you know, at least he didn't give an answer just to be, you know, to go out of his pattern. I mean, he stuck to his guns here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I, I personally, I don't know about you, but I think he makes a very cogent argument. Uh, I forgot about the fact that Bilbo does recount this story in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I know that actually got brought up a lot by the folks in the comment section, too, mm. that he brings up the story. Now, you know, I've kind of looked at both sides of this, which is that, um, you know, on one on the one hand, you know, we we can say that we're kind of locked in because Bilbo did this. On the other hand, you know, there is kind of a loophole here where if, if we're bringing, say, for example, we do the frame, you know, the frame comes back and we get some voiceover during this episode in the movie, you know, Bilbo could somehow explain away that scene with the kids fellowship you know in other words it's not it's not it we're not absolutely locked in because of that scene in fellowship of the ring i mean he could fudge it somehow as a voiceover during this ep this part of the movie um so i don't know but i'll tell you the thing for me in mark's argument that gives me more uh cons more concern or more makes me think more is the is the the statues themselves that we see in Fellowship of the Ring, like he said, you know, they're they're frozen in position as if they're arguing over something on the ground. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that probably has more – that gives me more food for thought with regard to this question probably than really the story that he tells the children. Yeah, that's a good point. I keep forgetting about the fact that we actually saw their their uh, stonified selves. Um, and I don't think Jackson's going to want to ignore – I don't think he could bring himself to ignore that. You know what I'm saying? I mean – he does – he wants – from what I'm seeing, he wants to connect this to the trilogy. Mm -hmm. So to go ignore that part of Fellowship of the Ring, I don't think he can do that. I think what he's going to want to do is actually set this scene up so that it does follow on you know, to what they see then in Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. I, I agree. That, I think that's an, an excellent point. Uh, I, you know, he The one thing we know for sure is that – is that they are they are pitching this, setting this up as a prequel to the other film, right? Inspired right. by inspired by the book and other material, but as a prequel to the films. And right. I think he would want to avoid glaring inconsistencies whenever possible. I agree. I think that's true. So now I still I, now I got to tell you, I mean, this food for thought hasn't gotten me any closer. To, I mean, I, I still 
you know, I think each of these each of these choices have something to say for them. I mean, it, this is I think one of the harder questions so far, frankly. Even yes. after the subsequent episodes, I still think this is one of the harder questions. Yep, it's very very good reason. Uh, there's there's lots and lots of reasons for um uh for for each of the answers they have yeah. evidence in their favor so in each one yeah i, yep. I agree yeah and, and the evidence isn't just related to how things are in the book the evidence is related to to what we know of peter jackson and right. and fran walsh and philip aboyan as writers right. and as filmmakers exactly. what they've done before um both in terms of both in terms of actual like you know the where they placed the stone trolls in the previous films, but also how they handled similar scenes in the previous films. So, yeah, you're right. It is a tough question. Uh, well, and- you know, and the thing is, too, I mean, I wonder, I'm trying to remember, if it hadn't been for the fact that we see the stone trolls in the Fellowship of the Ring and and this, this scene of The Hobbit actually gets referred to, mm-hmm. he may very well have cut the trolls out, much like he did Tom Bombadil. Because if you think about it, with the trolls, I mean, what... How does that push the story forward in terms of a film story? I don't know. Yeah. But I think because he did do it in Fellowship of the Ring, I think he's going to have to keep the scene in. I mean, that's, I suppose, another option could be he just ditches the trolls entirely, but I don't think he does. We've seen it in the trailer, so. That's what we've seen in the trailer now. That's right. That's right. We hadn't seen it in the trailer. It's certainly not unprecedented to have content in a film trailer that doesn't make it into the film, but I think it would be unusual to cut the whole scene. Also, I think it's just, I think it's an iconic scene. Um, that that would be just I think this could be a potential like this is the kind of the, the Tom Bombadil thing made people upset as it is but there were very few people who were like well that just ruins the whole film it's, it can't be Lord of the Rings without Tom Bombadil I think mostly there were people's response if they were disappointed at all was like mine which is I would have loved for him to be in there but I can completely understand why they yeah, cut him out I, that was my reaction yeah I think yeah. the nope. troll the troll scene You're here right. it's the like troll actually does it, it I think it actually uh it's part of Bilbo's character arc, isn't it? Yep. And, yeah. and also, and it's also just an iconic scene, you know. Like, is, even if yeah. you could make an argument for saying like, oh, you know, you don't really need it to drive his character. I still want it. You know, it's a Hobbit scene. It's like one of the you iconic gotta scenes. have it. Yeah. That's right. But you're right. This is a tough question, uh, and it, tough. and this has been probably one of the most like the widest level of disagreement um, amongst <laughs> uh, our um, our analysts and our uh and our listeners um and this is this is the first time no actually that's not true american golden star haven't always agreed but they definitely disagreed this time so uh let's go ahead and listen to what our uh contributors from a casual stroll to mordor had to say i gotta go with a because oh my gosh please let it be like the book because the book I was want clever it to, yeah i want it more than but i can see how that would be difficult to kind of portray <laughs> What are you laughing at? Arsenette says, make them aliens, because that's what Michael Bay is doing to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's <laughs> making them aliens. Cause is he's he a, really? Yes. Cause he's they're a, not aliens. They how, fell on some ooze. They're teenage, they're ninjas, and, they were mutated. and they're turtles. So obviously they come from a different different planet, since they're, everything is Earth-based about them. I watched a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when I was, uh, well, like... I don't know, 12, because my brother watched him and he was, he's much younger than me. And I even know the, the origin story of those. How can he get this wrong? Michael Bay just wants to make everybody just so disappointed. <laughs> this is, Michael Bay has officially jumped the shark. If you, I mean, if he didn't jump the shark with the Transformers movies, he's jumping the shark. Thank goodness he is not directing 
Hobbit. Okay, anyway, back to the Hobbit. We don't need to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, right. Um, I hope and pray that it will be a... Uh, Gandalf will accomplish it, like, you know, throwing his voice and making them talk. But I can see how that would be difficult. I mean, <laughs> visually, that might be pretty darn boring to look at. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just Gandalf in the trees going, why don't we smash them later? And <laughs> I don't know. And but, then they're all like, who said that? Yeah, I realized when reading this that I, I was very prone to to vote the way I want it to be yeah, and yeah. not the way I think that um, Peter I Jackson want it may to be do a. it. I agree. A is how it should be done, but I think it's going to have to be probably B. I thinking C. You think that Gandalf is going to throw magic? Yeah, because, okay, the reason I'm thinking that... I'm attacking the darkness. The reason I'm thinking that is I'm thinking when Gandalf arrived at the Battle of Helm's Deep, they made it kind of seem like Gandalf was shining this light from his staff when really what he did was blind them with the sunrise. Right. Um, and I was kind it of It was like, a nice effect. It, didn't it was really a nice effect. And I think that I, I can see them doing that again. I can just see them making it Gandalf doing magic. It's a great time to show off magic. So they're like, Gandalf turns them to stone or like you said, like speeds up time and it's suddenly morning. I can see them doing that. <laughs> if he does that, I will laugh out loud and everybody will be like, what is wrong with that chick? Can they make that chick, like, turn down? <laughs> um, I think it will be B. I think that... I guess B just makes me too mad. I can't vote for it. <laughs> I think it... It may not be like an epic blah, 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 but it needs action to it. The way it happens in the book, they're not moving like everybody's captured <laughs> and Gandalf's in the trees like uh, we're in the bushes and pretending to th- and he's p- doing ventriloquist work <laughs> like I love the story I'm not trying to say that I don't like the way it is in the book I know but if we sat down and watched that we'd be like what the crap's going on there I has know. to be movement okay. there has to be action and maybe you're right maybe the action is that Gandalf does magic I think that's stupid. So we're both against D. <laughs> yes. Uh, D. Is that they just kind of fart yeah, around? Yeah, well, the, yeah, the dwarf. and Well, and the dwarves, like, escape, and the trolls chase after him. That doesn't make it as, like, clever, I don't think, so I don't see them doing that. But we're both agreeing that there will probably be some kind of action. Um, you're going to go with B, and I'll go with C. Okay. Sounds fine. We've Let the best before. Hobbit win. <laughs> we'll be keeping score and live tweeting it. When we watch the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I will not remember what oh I guessed gosh. by the time the movie comes out. I'll have to like bring a cheat sheet with me into the theater. I'll be oh, like, yeah, oh well, no, we gotta I'm... print out. We gotta print out the grid. <laughs> There's a grid. <laughs> There's a grid. Okay, so yeah, you say you say like a full action sequence, and that um like Bilbo jumps out and attacks, and Gandalf's yeah, thumping him with a staff, or even and... like they come out rescuing. I can see the, like the, like Bilbo a rescue like attempt, getting yeah. yeah. Um, Instead of just sitting in the in the bushes and ventriloquist, although it worked for Scooby Doo, Shaggy did ventriloquist work all the time. <laughs> he did. Uh, yes, he did. But that was with the great Casey Kasem. I love Scooby Doo. 
All right, so we've got to move on quickly, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time addressing their comments because we want to get into some of our other feedback. Um, uh, but before... I will just say that I think the fact that they disagree shows how tough this question is. Yes, yeah, I, th- I agree that this really is a very difficult question. Um, uh, I do want to, before we get into listeners, though, I want to listen or read the contribution we got from the Last Alliance. This was their first chance to send us like a blurb. Um, here's what they had to say. Uh, and if people recall, this is the Tolkien Society at the University of Alberta. Uh, they have to say, after much deliberation, the club has voted. Their chosen response is B. Though we are loath to acknowledge it, we feel that treating the sequence as done in the book would undermine the authority and epicness we see attributed to the dwarves in the official trailer. A couple of our members have formulated our general thoughts. It happens early enough in the book that we do not yet know about the dwarves and that they are strong fighters, but we do know the characters, and including an early action sequence will begin to establish the martial skill of the dwarves to the audience. As well, I think that Peter Jackson would have a hard time accepting that the trolls had been tricked instead of defeated, and in The Lord of the Rings, for the most part, Gandalf is overt and not the hiding-in-the-bushes type. Interesting point. <laughs> PJ has yet, to act, has yet to include action sequences to appease his overall audience of Lord of the Rings action fans, not we purists. Uh, oh, Peter Jackson has to include uh, action sequences include. to appease his overall audience, Lord of the Rings, the general, you know, general going public, not us purists. That, coupled with the fact that he obviously armed them, makes it seem obvious to us that this will be our first action sequence. Thanks for including us. We look forward to the next opportunity to weigh in. Interestingly, the vote was very close, but option B won out over option A by a very narrow margin, though I suspect this is rather due to wishful thinking on the part of those who chose A. <laughs> So, I would love to go to those meetings. What a fun meeting would that would have been. I know. Yeah, doing this by vote. Uh, How so, cool. Yes. Yes. I hope I hope they're having fun. I hope we've added to the fun of their meetings. Yeah. To, to and and I yeah. hope they get even more enjoyment from hearing themselves uh, on on the show. Uh and as I say on later episodes we actually have audio recordings from them to include. Oh cool. Um That's great. Yes. So uh so that's interesting. I I I wonder if they had a chance to reincorporate the the I, you know I I often wonder when people submit their um, their deliberations. I, I do know that the last alliance sent this. They joined our game relatively later, so they actually had a chance to to to, to listen to the episode and incorporate uh. a lot of the a lot of the evidence out there. So I, I'm sure they must have been aware of some of the things that people pointed out about the stone trolls in the films mm-hmm. and Bilbo's story mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just think I don't. I don't think there's a lot of evidence for the dwarves successfully fighting off the trolls. I, I think B is one of the weakest answers. So what do what do uh, what do our listeners have to say? Oh, gosh. Well, we got a lot of comments, like I mentioned earlier, about Bilbo's story to the children and, and, and uh, Fellow of the Ring, you know, being uh, already – since it's already on film, you know, that mm-hmm. we're kind of locked into that. Um, uh, Mark posted that unless Jackson goes back and changes things in the first Lord of the Rings movie or is willing to have discrepancies, we will for sure see, one, the capture and confinement of Bilbo and the dwarves. And if you could see me, I'm actually enumerating these on my fingers. Two, references to more than one cooking method. Three, an extended argument between the trolls. And four, the salvation of the adventurers by means of the sunlight demise of the trolls. And then he goes on to say, as for whether or not Jackson will employ at least some of the humor in Chapter 2, um, I don't see why not. He injected all manner of humor in the Lord of the Rings movies, in which, which is not in Tolkien's book. Um, I, you know, I think Mark probably spoke probably for everybody that was talking about the story of the children. But, you know, I already sh- kind of shared that, you know, there is kind of 
way to fudge that if Jackson chose to. We might not like it, but he could. Yeah. Um, I, I think – and on his humor point, one thing I would want to add to that is that I, I don't think that Peter Jackson is, is – um, um, uh, is is averse to humor, but I think it's a different kind of humor. Like I think right. the kind of humor the modern audience expects is kind of the goofy Hobbit humor that we got in the Lord of the Rings films, where where Merry and Pippin were turned into kind of buffoons, or right. the or the Legolas versus Gimli, Gimli. drinking scene. Yeah. Um, uh, which is in the extended edition. Or the little edition. quips that they do. Yeah, yeah, the little yeah. Quips that they which, do is, back and forth. which is very modern humor, but it's not Tolkien. Mm-hmm. It's not the same kind of humor that you have here. So That's right. I, I just I think a lot of Tolkien's humor is very I don't want to say old fashioned, but it's not t- necessarily to modern taste. It's kind of fairy tale humor. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, you know, yeah, stuff that you would see like in Grimm or Anderson or something like that. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, um, let's see. Moving on here, um, Scott Holbrook Faust is thinking that uh, we will see magical singing, seeming magical seeming ventriloquism. Um, he thinks that the Don Take You All moment will be mag- magicified based on the one shot from the trailer that you've mentioned already, Dave, of Gandalf, um, you know, delivering. He, well, he says Gandalf delivering one of his blinding flashes. There are uh, suns rising. Is there really a? F- I don't remember the flash coming from his staff. Does is there a flash in that scene from the from the trailer? Oh, I think there might have been. I need to go back and oh, okay. watch that. I, have, I haven't watched it recently, so I can't remember. Based on the lighting and the surrounding greenery, Scott goes on, uh, I can't think of anywhere else for him to be but in the troll shot. So I think there is agreement on that, that this scene of him with the sunrise behind him on the sort of hill with the yes, staff, I, everybody pretty much agrees that's the troll shots, right? Yes, I do agree with that. I, I The flash, I don't recall – Noticing that and thinking that's magic, but I do recall yeah, that scene, I and I agree yeah. it's the troll shaws. The trolls. Um, Scott goes on to say, "I do think that there will be frightening and comedic elements balanced throughout the scene. Nothing so absurd as a burrow hobbit pie, um, but certainly threateningly comedic dialogue. If Jackson is to maintain filmic consistency, and he think I, he says I think we're assuming that he will, there will absolutely have to be cooking jokes." <laughs> The obvious presence of a giant cauldron in the in the charge the troll scene in the trailer absolutely mandates at least a little culinary discussion. Plus, the position in which they're frozen clearly depicts some heated verbal argument. However, Bilbo's failure to mention any action on on the part of Gandalf does still leave open D as an option. Scott himself is saying C that Gandalf will accomplish it via magic directly or indirectly. So, you know, he brings up some good I, – I mean, I agree. I mean, I think there will be cooking jokes. I think one of the things in my mind as I read these and as we talk about this is how long – I mean, I just – I'm trying to think how long this particular scene is going to be. Um, you know, uh, the Last Alliance brings up, you know, this is the first – potentially the first action sequence. I just – I'm just – wonder how many as you notice i you'll you'll probably start to notice that i sort of am fixated on how many minutes is this movie going to be and how many how much of what fraction of each of these things is going to be part of the movie yeah (laughs) that's a really good point um you know i just don't know i don't know how many minutes i I think setting this up as the first action sequence we know that we know that we're going to have a scene where the drills are uh, the dwarves are charging in you know and and potentially there's going to be battle so i think in that sense you know if we go by what jackson's done before you know this probably will have quite a number of minutes on on screen and i have some ideas about 
length but, of time with regard but to you know, the if we went through if you went through and you enumerated for each scene like this like this <laughs> and the, and we had this same conversation about riddles and the riddles and the the real game if yeah, you were, I bet if you listed out the major scenes that you expect and then you put down true. how many minutes you think you would need to execute each of them without thinking about the overall total you probably end up with an 8 hour movie at least. Oh, I, yeah. No, you're right. And, you know, and in the spider fight, you got to have time for that. I mean, you know, you're right. Yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I think you're – I think I think the time thing be really is, interesting. is a really, really, really important issue. Um, and, you know, moving the story along, the pacing, you know, like – and I think uh, – yes. I think we've even talked about that, you know, the pacing. Well, speaking of pacing, let me move on to uh, William Bice and Matthew Beckman agreed with this. Um, he says, if I might propose a theory here concerning the fate of the trolls, there is a moment two minutes into the trailer where Gandalf, well, again, shown, shown standing on the hill, a sun rises, but he actually has a little bit of a different twist to it. He says, judging by the intensity of the light and the swiftness of the rising sun, it appears to be some sort of magically induced sunrise or at least a natural one infused with magical properties. However, it is still quite clearly a sunrise. If this is the case, then it, it is also quite clear that Gandalf is the source of this magic, driving his staff into the ground as as he did while defying the Balrog with his famous you shall not pass line. I can think of nothing in the tale of the Hobbit that this could be other than the sunrise that seals the fate of the trolls, turning them into stone. With this in mind, I'm going to guess C, as Gandalf is using magic to bring on this intensely bright flash of dawn, petrifying the trolls and rescuing Bilbo and the dwarves. And I thought this was kind of interesting because it's like, it is C, right, that he's accomplishing it, but he's accomplishing it by making like a faster sunrise or a artificial sunrise, which I hadn't really thought of before. Uh, that's true. Or maybe maybe he he uses – he like incorporates the sunrise into a spell, the sunlight into right. a spell. I mean right. I right. guess we're making an assumption here, which is that Peter Jackson's trolls have the same weakness to sunlight that um, – that uh, the trolls in the in the actual book do. You're and, right. I hadn't thought of that. That's really not. That's actually open for right debate because I mean, aren't they fighting? Be. I mean, they're 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 fighting. Well, I guess it's actually when they when they do their battle before the gates of uh, of uh, Mordor, uh, before the Black Gate at the end of the Return of the King. Um, technically, I think the sun's blotted out by darkness. But, right. Big big uh, big. But it great. doesn't look like on screen. It's not on screen. There's light, and they fight trolls. So, hmm. and they don't mention in Fellowship of the Ring in the movie when when they see the troll statues. There's no mention of how they became petrified, yeah. right? In terms of so, the sun. So it's maybe it's possible that they actually natural sunlight doesn't necessarily turn them to stones, but Gandalf can use sunlight in a troll bane spell that turns them to stone or something. It could be. That maybe could maybe, be. maybe sunlight is a necessary ingredient in stonifying trolls, but not sufficient. You also need magic. So I, that's a very good point. That's uh, a good point. I hadn't yeah, thought about yeah. that. Now, Scott Underhill, he thinks A is plausible, that he'll accomplish it as he does in the book, but with a few changes. There's no talking purse, and there was a quite a bit of back and forth about you know people wanting there to be a talking purse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no talking purse. Perhaps Bilbo grabs the key from the troll's pocket instead. The dwarves rush the trolls all at once, but get thrown into sacks anyway. I'm hoping the, twin, the trolls win very easily to emphasize the general theme that the dwarves really aren't much more competent than Bilbo when it comes to adventuring. Um, three, when Gandalf returns, he lets Bilbo see him immediately and gives him a wink before doing the ventriloquism. And four, Gandalf says, Don, take you all in his own voice, not one of the trolls' voices as he does in the book. 
again, there's an assumption here too that this Don Take You All uh, line is going to be in the movie, and it may not be based on what you just pointed out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I'll shot that regardless. Uh, I, I guess the only the only circumstance, the only answer we have, well, actually. Answers um, B and D both preclude that. If the dwarves escape and the trolls are just left to their own devices and turned to stone, or if they fight them off with swords, I don't see why anyone would shout it. But in in both A and C, I don't think the Dawn Take You All line is precluded. And since it's not, uh, would, okay, right. I'm sure they would include it if he was casting a spell. I bet Dawn Take You All is a great spell line. Plus, Don't Take You All could become just as popular as You Shall Not Pass, right? I mean, it could become that, a key line. Yeah, that's line. true. That could be the new line. <laughs> I don't think it'll work quite as well as a car bumper sticker. No, it could be a good t-shirt. <laughs> yes. Now, let's see. Scott also goes on to say one problem is the length of the Trolls debate. In the book, it takes a couple of hours he thinks, for them to decide how to cook the dwarves. Obviously, that would stretch on too long. But mm-hmm. I have no problem with the trolls engaging in some sadistic banter. The orcs in Lord of the Rings do the same, and, and Scott mentions uh, the line, looks like meats back on the menu, boys, you know, was in the... It, it was running through his head through the entire podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I also assume Gandalf's voice throwing was magically enhanced in the book. It makes more sense than Gandalf just happening to have a gift for ventriloquism. So I would count magic ventriloquism as A and not C. C would be if Gandalf stands up and blasts them sunlight a la Hems Deep, or just directly turns them to stone, which I was surprised you didn't mention as a possibility. The movie doesn't establish that it was sunlight, which did it, which did it, the trolls, which you just mentioned, and that's true. That is true, and yeah, I actually that. highlighted that because we, you know, you didn't talk about that actually. Yeah. The, well, I, I think we um, we mean for answer uh, C to be interpreted that to be way. That, that, yeah. That's why we said magic. Uh, Gandalf uses magic to defeat them either directly or indirectly. If he uses right. spells to to confound them or delay that's them. C. Such yeah. that they get caught by sun, that counts as C. If he blasts them with a troll's bane spell that turns them to stone directly, that is also right. C. If he right. uh, focuses the sunlight somehow magically, that's also C. I think I think magically enhanced ventriloquism counts as A. I think that's fine as long as the magic is subtle. If he right. if he's muttering in the book, I think in the book it's ambiguous, and I think Corey Corey would dispute. That it's magically enhanced. Corey would say, "No, it's just he's just being clever." Gandalf happens to yeah. have a talent for ventriloquism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, it's not, not even ventriloquism, is it? I mean, it's, Gandalf's actually hiding in a bush. Yes, yeah, he's throwing his voice. So oh, he's throwing his voice. Actually, yeah. yeah so, right. um, so I guess you could argue that that's Tolkien magic. Tolkien magic is subtle, and and yeah. so it, it maybe you could you could say you could argue that it's that that's he is it's Tolkien magic enhanced. I think what we're saying with C is not Tolkien magic, Peter Jackson, Jackson magic. Added, that he'll man. swing his he'll swing his staff, chant a spell, um, uh, create some some pyrotechnics, and it will be clear and undisputable that he is wielding magic to defeat the trolls. Yeah, if, I mean it, he's got the ring, you know, he may yeah. do something with the ring. If and, he's doing know. if he's doing something, just you know, if he's throwing his voice, and if and if the the viewer looks and says, well, he must be using magic, but there's no strong, obvious on-screen evidence of magic other than other than what's happening, you know, what he's achieving, then I would say that still counts as A. Right. So that that's that's how we right. distinguish between okay. A and C. All right. Okay. Um, Let's see. I have a long one here from Michael Lucero. Do you want to give um, us the? It looks like he has three points. Can you can you he summarize does. them? Let's see. Um, let's see. When to, so you mentioned the filmmakers possibly went to establish a scene. Uh, he says that instead of having 
will go in and try to steal something from the trolls. They'll have the dwarves sneak up on them, observe them, and debate what to do. Most of the dwarves want to just leave them alone, but somebody, probably Dwalin, as he looks the most hardcore and scar-strewn of all the dwarves, says something like, it's not honorable to flee from a foe. Mm -hmm. So he he thinks there's going to be some strategic conversation prior to them rushing in to to, to try to take them over. Um, And then the second point, he says that... You mentioned that since the Trollstone are depicted in, in Fellowship of the Ring, um, he says he doesn't necessarily think that this means they have to be sitting around the fire like in the book when their petrification happens. It could be a gradual one or it might take a few seconds for it to happen. So his point is that they could be changing – they could have changed their position you know, from the time that the stone turning starts to the time it completes. Mm-hmm. Um, That's an interesting see, and then, point. Yeah, you know, where we see sort of this gradual from the ground up stonification or something. Um, and then third is one difficulty that I don't think was addressed in the podcast is the issue of time. It's easy for the reader to imagine that a whole night has passed, but how do you show that in the um, in the movie? I have a note on this myself, which is that we could return to the frame here where Bilbo – Bilbo's voice is saying it went on like this all night, you know, so we see a scene and then he says, well, basically they argued all night and, and there's a, you know, thing of time kind of passing mm-hmm. to quickly account for time passing. So I don't really see the time passing as an issue. I think that can be dealt with with a voiceover or something like that. Hmm. Um, you got any, any notes about those three points? Those are the three points that Michael made. Um, well, actually, what I'm doing right now is trying to find a, an image on the internet of the trolls <laughs> turned to stone. Ah, turned so, to stone. Because oh. I, there... I think his gradual transformation note is an interesting and reasonable one. Like they don't have to be instantly right. turned to stone and therefore right. turned to stone in the exact position that they were standing in. So what I'm trying to determine is what exactly do they look like in the film? Uh, and I found a really low-res crappy one. Which is almost impossible to I have to determine pull out my, my copy of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and go find that part yeah. of the movie. <laughs> yes. Um, so let's see. Let's see if I can open this and blow it up somehow. Well, here it looks, it looks like they're on while you're, okay. It looks like they're kind of. I mean, they're just kind of. St- so I would assume his argument is maybe the transformation to stone is a gradual process so maybe where they're able to move while it's happening right so they're like oh my god i'm doing zone yeah that would suggest to me that what you would see is some kind of dynamism in their stone forms like them like in agony or trying to do to resist or trying to chase down a dwarf or something right the photo that i'm looking at which is admittedly very grainy it's a picture of um um, aragorn standing with one of his with a, a a torch in front of the forms of the or of the trolls that's not how they look. To me, they look like oh, okay. trolls just hanging out around a campfire. So, uh, like they just unexpectedly were troll and then yeah. stone. Yeah. So I'm no. I'm not persuaded okay. by the the possibility okay. that they dynamically okay. turn to stone or gradually turn to stone. So, um, right. the time issue, I think, is an issue. Uh, I think that's a good one. That like a whole night has to transpire, and they certainly won't show that on screen. And and that and that's one of those ridiculous elements of the Hobbit book, which I think. It's difficult to translate to screen. Like, is it really plausible that these guys would stand around and argue about how to cook dwarves for like five or six hours until the sun came out? I mean, it's <laughs> kind of goofy. Uh, so that's that's one case where that, I mean, that's one sort of element I think working against a um, something like like a 
you know, where it's like, well, yeah. Gandalf will literally trick them for almost six or seven hours until right. the sun rises. Right, right, right. Now, I could see – the other thing that I thought of with regard to the time passing, besides there being sort of this voiceover of Bilbo saying, and this went on for hours, and then, you know, as the sun started to you – know, as the light was starting to uh, – the sky was starting to get light or whatever. The other thing could be – and I can't remember what goes before this, but, I mean, the, they could actually find the trolls much later than they do in the book. Yeah, much closer to dawn. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. We actually don't get any sense. Well, yeah, in the book, he does say. I guess he does say it goes on for hours, but hours could yeah. be an exaggeration of like half an hour. Maybe it's like right before dawn. Right. So yeah, I mean, I could see Jackson fiddling with the that. That actually, the that seems like that could be an entirely plausible way to do this. The, yeah. the trolls are actually packing up and getting ready to head in, in to the shelter of the cave when right. when they discover the dwarves, and that's what distracts them. From the fact that it's almost that's good. dawn. Yeah, that's a good point. So. That's a good point. So, so time is an issue. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really yeah. thought about that. That's a good point. Um, well, I have one more comment here from Brent Sprinkle. All right, I love that guy. He says, uh, <laughs> he says, I want to point out the fact that in the trailer, when we get the dwarves rushing the troll scene, we hear the drolls, trolls roaring. In my opinion, this would indicate a tone less lighthearted and not comical, at least for that part. Will it be comical in other parts, such as the cooking debate and transition to a more serious tone? Sure, but we don't do know for a fact that it will not all be comical. He said, I also thought it interesting to entertain the idea that while Gandalf's cleverness in the book is the troll's undoing, what if for the film they actually give this cleverness moment to Thorin as a way to establish his leadership and develop his character? I am a purist and hope this isn't the case, but it is a possibility depending on how the fight sequence goes. I am comforted by the scene in the trailer where the sun is rising behind Gandalf, which seems to indicate it is indeed Gandalf saving the day. It was an interesting thought to entertain, though. Uh, which is it? It is an interesting thought to entertain. That... that <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. If if for some reason, however unlikely, what we get is somehow Thorin tricking the trolls uh, into standing around into the sunlight, like through through uh, rhetoric or persuasion or something like that, that counts as A. We're we're going to generalize A to mean cleverness on the part of any protagonist. <laughs> on anybody's part. Okay. Yes. So that that way. And, and you know, it is plausible. I mean, I hate to say this, you know, and I think at this stage of the Riddle in the Dark podcast, I wasn't yet, you know, uh, willing to admit that the, a change this large could happen. But then, mm-hmm. subsequently, with the Nazgul thing happening, now I have to revisit that that thought. I mean, mm-hmm. I could see this, you know, being Thorin, you yeah. know. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I, I. I. I agree. The the evidence from the trailer seems to be that Gandalf is yeah, intervening somehow. That Gandalf's involved. That and and I think, I think one thing that they that they probably won't change too much from the the the, the book. Well, we'll see. But I, I suspect one thing they won't change is while they appear to be making the the dwarves more giving giving each individual character more more character and more differentiating them through appearance uh, and maybe even backstory and character, they seem to be heroifying Thorin a bit, and and they've got right. the heartthrob Keely and all that. I still think at the end of the day that the essential sort of um, the essential device that the dwarves generally kind of bumble from one near catastrophe to the next and get uh, frequently get saved through, either by sheer luck or through the intervention of Gandalf or someone like Bjorn early on and later mostly by Bilbo. I don't think they're going to change that much. 
I still think the dwarves are largely going to come off as as like or as um you know almost not incompetent but basically not equal to the ta- to the challenges they often face. Um, right, right. So right. I, I don't I I'm just not I'm not I don't expect that what we'll see here is the dwarves formulating a plan and then fighting off the trolls um, or or Thorin sitting down and outwitting the trolls and arguing them. Uh, any more than I expect what we'll see is that the troll, the dwarves will actually drive off the spiders and then be captured by the elves. I think we'll still see Bilbo saving them. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's my, that's my feeling about that. What's your feeling about that? Yeah. So yeah, I, know- I it's, so how, how did the, I mean, I think this, there was, didn't, I think you already said this. I can't remember if you did or not. There's a fair amount of variation with the analyst answers, aren't there? Yes. Um, uh, Did you have Father Roderick? Did let me Father give Roderick you the rundown, and we don't have any other contributions to read or play. Oh, okay. So basically, for A, um, we have five people electing for A, which is uh, that basically it will be in the book. Um, uh, it will be the way it is in the book, and that is um, Mark Fisher, Arwen, uh, Father Roderick, um, Hannah Harlow of Houghton Mifflin. And Lillian Alorial of the Warriors of the Westfold podcast. So, uh, so Mark Fisher of Encyclopedia Arda, Arwen, Father Roderick, Hannah, and Lillian Alorial. Okay. Uh, for B, we have two. That's the Last Alliance, uh, and also Golden Star of Casual Stroll to Mordor. And then for C, we have two. And that is Merrick and myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then D is Corey. <laughs> that lonely little D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Corey, so Corey, I, and I remember. I, you know, I'm trying to remember. I mean, he so he thinks they're going to fall prey to their own stupidity after the yeah. dwarves escape pursuit. The trolls simply forget about the sunrise and get caught outdoors. Yeah, yeah, hmm. something, something in that vein. Basically, I think both of us feel that 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 Gandalf's been, Gandalf's voice throwing act is just just not going to work on screen. Um, right. and, and I think I think I'm actually. I think I'm actually I sort of agree. It's really funny because as we were reading through the the um, the uh, the use the listener comments, I found myself generally agreeing that it probably that A will be the answer. And then I looked and I said, "Wow, I pick C apparently." <laughs> uh, oops. Um, I think I I think I kind of agree with um, whoever it was. Who was it that that proposed the magic enhanced ventriloquism? Is that William? Oh, that was Scott. I, I thought that was Scott. Wasn't that Scott Fol- Holbrook? Yeah. Oh, Scott Fol- Holbrook Faust. Yes. Good old Scott. Um, yeah. uh, he. Uh, I I think I generally agree with him that we're going to see magicify a magic magicified magic version. Yeah. I just. I guess I feel, or at the time, apparently felt that it would be. As I as I pointed out that that the the on screen evidence of Gandalf wielding magic in a in a overt Peter Jackson way would be incontrovertible that it would be clear that he's wielding magic through right, pyrotechnics right. or right. lighting right. or or chanting or whatever that it wouldn't just be subtle. I think Corey felt that that they would that D is the most plausible way to do it on screen and still be true to the spirit of the book. That that if they did it to where somehow the dwarves managed to escape through a combination of cleverness, magic, and physical combat, they escape, the trolls do not pursue them, but instead say, ah, well, dang it. And while they're sitting around bemoaning the loss of dinner, they're like, hey, what time is it? Oh, crap, and turn to stone. <laughs> And and that that would in fact be true to the spirit of the book because it really right. the trolls even though Gandalf intervenes I mean they're idiots it shouldn't work Ventrilo- like right. throwing your voice and confusing them they should recognize at some point nobody's saying any of this stuff who's right. saying this 
and you know, but they keep assuming it's one of them. So, so in some sense, D is actually very true to the way things happen in the book, even with some changes. And so Corey likes right. that as a a plausible way to do it on screen and be true to the book. Got it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That yep. makes sense. So, all right, the time has so come. Me, right? Is it time for me now? Yes. Well, um, I I picked B. Okay. Um, that it will happen via the epic uh, Lord of the Rings style action sequence occupying the trolls. But I'm picking B because I, first of all, I'm swayed by the fact that we've seen a fight scene, you know, uh-huh. in the trailer. And, um, and I'm not sure, again, you know, this is my, gonna be my steady thread through the whole thing, I'm sure. I'm not sure we have enough screen time for them to be overpowered and tied up and then have Gandalf save them. And that was really the basis for my choice. You know, yeah. that what's gonna, what's gonna get us there the fastest, plus we've already seen the, the scene where they're fighting. And then, of course, the last alliance just, you know, they chose C and, you know, you read their, you know, their reasoning. And I mean, I, I can buy into that now, but again, I, this is just a really hard one. Um, I, I, I am still sticking with B, even though, you know, Gandalf, you know, obviously has some, you know, impact. Um, so I don't know. I mean, well, I think, I think, I think the sort of the, 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 the thinking that you're expressing, like the way I would, the way I would sort of formulate that is that um, essentially the most efficient way to do to, the most time efficient way to do this on screen is to not have a sort of the dwarves show up, they struggle with the trolls, they get captured, right. the trolls sit around and debate, then Gandalf or somebody else intervenes, and then they struggle a little more, and then they escape. But rather, just go straight into the dwarves show up immediately. Maybe you have some back and forth, but you immediately go into some kind of struggle or combat right. or confrontation, right. and then it's resolved within a couple minutes. Right, right. I, I think that's – I actually think that's a very – I mean that's a very sort of practical and reasonable uh, uh, way to think about it that, that I hadn't really considered. And I like what the last alliance, the point they brought up, which is for non-purists, you know, yes. for just moviegoers, this is the first action sequence. And, you know, you got – and it just kind of I think by the equation or the formula for movies, you got to, you know, get some get some energy going pretty early on in a movie and this would be the place to do it. Yeah. Yep, I think that's I think that's very reasonable. Um, I think that's you know, and this this is often sort of the the dilemma with thinking this through is kind of the way you frame frame your thinking about it. Like, and oftentimes Corey and I come at it from a sort of what is the best way to adapt the story as it is right. into a film. <laughs> but sometimes I I think you know I imagine I'd like to think that's how the screenwriters come at it, but. I I imagine that at least some of it, some of the times they just come and say, okay, let's have a scene with dwarves and trolls because there's a scene of that in the book. How does it make sense to do this? And and in this case, every troll we've ever seen on screen on Lord of the Rings was like basically a, a living battering ram and a howling right. howling monster. <laughs> we've never seen any of them speak. Uh, and, and they're, and they, they seem like almost sub, sub intelligent below the intelligence of the orcs. Right. So, right. so when we see them on screen, particularly if they look similar to the door, to the trolls we've seen before, if they start talking in cockney accents and having a debate and they're yeah. and their first, their first reaction is not to pull out their giant hammers and start trying to do a Hulk smash on the dwarves. People are going to kind of be surprised by that. So, That's true. That's true. I mean, there's going to have to be that element, even if they have more smarts than the troll we met yep. in Moria in Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, I know that in the book, um, 
you know, Tolkien made that distinction between the trolls that we saw. Remember, he said that early on, and I think Gandalf says it to Bilbo in the, in the Long Expected Party in Fellowship of the Ring. You know, trolls are abroad, and they're much more cunning, or I forget. No, that was another way around. Anyway, the thing is, there was some distinction made to where the troll that they met in Moria was some different species of troll. You know, that, mm-hmm. he, he made it a point of doing that. You can't really, I don't know that you can do that a whole lot in the movies. I mean, I think you're right. I'm going to need to be sort of, you know, hammer first and, and ask questions later type beings. Yep. Um, now, I, I will make a caveat here. I'm going to go ahead and stick with B just because my 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 ethics tell me I should do that. But I, I will say that I could see sort of this action sequence at the beginning, you know, and then, but the dwarves fail. In other words, they go in, you mm-hmm. know, swords to blazon, but they fail and do end up getting bagged and then Gandalf has to save them with magic. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that kind of sequence, if I was going to follow that, I would have to then say C, but I'm going to stick with B just because I said B and I don't want to back off from it. Ah. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, that's very... <laughs> I, 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 actually, you know what, though? Honestly, I think it, 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 you're allowed to change it. If you... Because here, here's what I would say to you. Here's what I say to you. It, it really comes down to... Because we, we often have that dilemma, too, because it's hard to imagine... It's hard to imagine sort of like magic and and co- physical combat separate in this scene if it, right. if it comes to, if it comes to right. if it comes to combat i'm sure it'll include both so really it really boils down to what was the the functional um uh, uh what was the functional uh, element what really led to the trolls defeat if defeat, it is yeah. if it is the dwarves and gandalf fighting off the um uh if it is the dwarves and gandalf kind of working together to fight off the uh the trolls and and just kind of either either mid combat the sun rises and the and the trolls get turned to stone or uh the, they they fight and they're just now escaping and the trolls decide to chase after them and they get turned to stone that's b that's that's combat the okay. magic answer would be more it's more on the line of like gandalf either um uh somehow magically in i think the way to think about c is that basically gandalf saves them through magic whereas well, b is know, more working as a working as a right. fellowship they fight off the trolls and you know what i mean as we talk through this i don't see them doing this what i think is going to happen i think the scene we saw in the trailer i think the dwarves rush in without thinking uh-huh. i think they're more like you know, klingon again you know it's like let's Let's go get them, you know, that kind of thing. They rush in, and I don't think they're successful. I mean, I think they end up, the trolls end up besting them, yes. I think, is what will happen. And I do think Gandalf is going to have to come to their rescue, similar to how he does in the book, because the, he's not with them at the time in the book either when they do this. But I think the difference is going to be that he will do it with magic and not just by the book, because mm-hmm. I think Jackson is going to feel that he needs to do it with magic. So I, you're gracious enough to allow me to do it. I will take the opportunity and change to see. Okay. I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I think that's perfectly, perfectly fine. Because um, uh, th- th- Corey and I often changed our answers in the course of discussing them. We often that's said, you right. know, I was going to pick it, but I changed my mind. So I, 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 I don't right. have a problem with okay. that. Okay. All right. Um, now, I do think – because I think the bottom line here is I think that Gandalf does end up being the one to save them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would then have to be either A or C. Is okay. what you're, you know, what you're up to. So cool. And I think it has to be C. Very good, very good. Okay, oh, so, um, so we have you down for C. Okay. Uh, very good. So one, one other thing I wanted to do with this topic before we, uh, first of all, any any parting thoughts you'd like to add, but also, um, uh, one thing that came up, as you noted in the notes, one thing that came up repeatedly 
was the uh was the 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 talking purse people seemed <laughs> seemed seemed to really like seem taken aback that that we wouldn't mention that that we wouldn't discuss yes. it uh and I don't blame them because I, I can't believe Corey managed to let us do this episode without talking about the talking purse so <laughs> uh so what I'm going to do since we've I'm just more and more loving this idea of uh, of um subordinate questions or additional extra questions i'm going to add a question b for this which we will have to run by all of our analysts again or we'll figure out what to do with these but i want to i want to get us you and me on record for this okay. right now talking purse yes or no you go first no no talking purse I agree. I don't think a talking purse. And I and the reason I don't think a talking purse is I think it goes back to what you were just saying earlier about Tolkien's humor versus modern day humor. Mm-hmm. I think a talking purse fits into the sort of Hans Christian Andersen Grimm lying fairy tale sort of tradition, you know, that Tolkien writes in. But I just don't think it has a place in the kind of scene that I could see in this movie. Yep. And plus, uh, there's gonna it, we already know that it's there's gonna be some violence and you know more serious types of scenes. I just don't, I don't see the talking purse being part of yep. the scene. So we, we would love to revive this. I'm, I promise I will get Corey on record for this uh, as soon as we can. And we would love to revive the discussion about the trolls and the humor and especially the talking purse. Love to hear what our listeners think. Will the turkey, talking purse actually make a uh, an appearance in the film? And and let me, let me put down um, – let me put down – let me de- make sure this is clear – I I would not be surprised if there is some kind of nod, like a quick glimpse of a purse, even a purse designed to look like as though it might talk or that has a you know a, a design that looks like a mouth. Kind of like an Easter egg. Yes, for those an of Easter us egg-ish know. type, of, like physical, vis, vis, you know, visual appearance of it or a reference to a talking purse. Uh, what we want to know is. Will there be a purse on screen that speaks and actually, actually makes speaking? a comment as like Bilbo tries to steal or something? If, if it does not speak, it doesn't count as the talking purse. We, we might say, aha, that was the talking purse. But if it doesn't talk, then, then the answer yes. to this question is no. Answer's- so I, I mean, I'm not I, obvious. If it's yes. not super obvious to anybody watching the movie. Right. I'm, I'm saying that um, when, when I say no and presumably when you say no, what we mean is no purses will speak on screen. No purses will speak yes. on screen. There may be – a purse may appear on screen, which we would say that must be the talking purse. But if it does not speak, then it did not – it's not a talking Benedict purse. Benedict Cumberbatch will not be voicing yes. you know, an uncredited <laughs> – Voicing uh, of the talking purse. <laughs> That's right. Although, if you were going to, um, if you were going to do a, uh, if you were going to do a talking purse in this film, then what you would, the person you would want to voice it, of course, would be Benedict Cumberbatch. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like this actually. You know, these these corollary questions because we can do yes/no questions. You know, yes. you and Corey have a tough job of figuring out these multiple choice answers, but yes. you know, you, you and I can do this yes/no thing. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I think that's uh, I think that's a great. Um, I like the the addition of those uh, those questions. Yeah, because they can be yeah. a lot simpler. And and we're actually, you're right, Corey and I've had a number of questions that we formulated where we ultimately um, uh, ultimately gave up and said um, no we can't come up with more than two answers and we're not sure yet we, we, we sort of we're leaning currently toward keeping things um, uh, uh, you know multiple choice with with at least three answers preferably four sometimes five. I think that's right I think so, that's, that should be our rule that anything that's digital is just what we you and I do it in a digest. Yes. 
Yeah. You and Corey have to stick with the multiple choice, yep. you know, A, yep. B, C, D. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think that's this is a perfect solution to uh, to incorporating more questions in. So. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, um, another digest. Another one digest. down. <laughs> and uh, uh, next up will be the 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 sort of the big one as it was before, which is the split and right. the necromancer right. content. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about the split. Get you on record with that, and also uh, to hear what you think about the potential of an Avengers-style confrontation between the between the White Council <laughs> and Sauron's forces uh, at the Dal Goldor. So yeah, um, okay, great. Thank you again, Trish. It's been it's been fun. Uh, these episodes, I think, are great and going really well. Um, I also slice wanna... of heaven for me. I can tell you that. Good. I'm glad. I also want to thank all of our analysts who participate. Uh, of course, Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor, uh, myself, and Trish, Mark Fisher of the Encyclopedia of Arda, Google it, American Golden Star of a Casual Stroll to Mordor, Casual Stroll to Mordor.com, and on Twitter at Stroll to Mordor, Father Roderick Von Hogan, my partner on the SQPN Secrets of the Hobbit podcast, um, Google it, and our Twitter is at Hobbit Podcast. Arwen of Middle Earth News, at Middle Earth News is their Twitter account, and news.mymiddleearth.com uh, is their website. Lily and Aurorio, and Aurorio, also from Middle Earth News, and also members of the Warriors of the Westfold podcast, which you can find at radio.mymiddleearth.com, and on Twitter, at Westfold Warriors. The Last Alliance, the University of Alberta Tolkien Society, their website is lastallianceuofa.com. So thank you very much, especially to you, our listeners. Thank you for all of your feedback on the Riddles in the Dark episodes and for listening to these uh, um, these new Riddles in the Dark Digest episodes we're producing. Keep the conversation going. We're loving it. We're going to have a lot more questions and a lot more topics for you guys to discuss. And Trish, if you would, take us away. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. We want to give a special thank you to John DiBartolo and the Lonely Mountain Band for allowing us to include their music in our podcast. You can learn more about these songs, download samples, and buy their albums at minstrelsongs.com. If you're interested in getting involved in Riddles in the Dark or other Mythgard and Tolkien Professor productions, send an email to kale, K-A-L-E, at mythgard.org. 